，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。The governor of Arizona attended a trade event in Taipei on Tuesday at the invitation of the Taiwan External Trade Development Council. When asked about TSMC's semiconductor project in her state, Governor Katie Hobbs said she was in close communication with the company and she had met with executives the day before. Hobbs said the quote the project was quote. Working through bugs, but that it was expected to continue on schedule. Taitra held its annual U.S. Business Day on Tuesday. At the event were the U.S. Deputy Secretary of Commerce and the governors of Arizona and New Mexico, who came to court investors and strengthen U.S.-Taiwan trade partnerships. Officials were asked to weigh in on the reported culture clash at TSMC's project in Arizona. When investing in foreign countries, there will always be some friction during the localization process. It's normal. They've said they are confident that they can overcome these problems. I think everyone should have more confidence in Taiwan-U.S. bilateral industrial cooperation. Part of the importance of visits like this、uh, to help understand the culture,、um, hear from folks that are、um, maybe experiencing issues and how we can work through them,、um, and we're continuing to、uh, make sure that we have the skilled workforce that's needed. Back in August, TSMC Chairman Mark Liu visited the U.S. and met with Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs. Hobbs met Liu again on Monday, this time in Taiwan. We met with them yesterday. We toured、uh, one of the fabs. We talked about our continued partnership, their investments in Arizona, continue to address any issues that come up.、Um, the project is going well in Arizona. Working through. Bugs and expect it to continue on schedule. 最近呃几个礼拜 There has been a lot of progress over the past few weeks. Just wait and see. This project will be a big success. TSMC has invested more than 40 billion U.S. dollars in its Arizona project, making it one of the largest foreign direct investments in the U.S. The state's governor vowed to give her full assistance in TSMC's negotiations with labor unions. That there are 12,000 construction workers on the site.、Uh, Every day,、uh, the majority of those are skilled Arizona workers,、um, and we're continuing to work to bring everyone to the table to address the concerns. Amid rising AI demand and limited capacity for advanced production and packaging, Hobbs says there are many plans in the works to create a comprehensive semiconductor ecosystem in her state. China has denied the existence of a median line in the Taiwan Strait after Taiwan accused it of sending a record number of warplanes to harass the island. Beijing's denial prompted a strong response from Taiwan's foreign ministry. The PRC has not ruled Taiwan for a single day. No matter what China says to claim sovereignty over Taiwan, it doesn't change the objective fact of our country's existence. 全都 flies in closer and closer. Of course, it is also collecting a lot of military information. Of course, this is harmful to Taiwan because essentially we have lost our air and sea superiority in the Taiwan Strait. China is using the boiling frog strategy, gradually dialing up its threats and intimidation. We need to center our defense strategy on deterrence up until the point that conflict breaks out. 
We must make Beijing feel that if it dares to launch a war against Taiwan, it will suffer an unbearable degree of damage. The median line, also known as the Davis Line, was imposed by the U.S. during the 1950s. Up until recently, China and Taiwan had largely observed the arrangement, mostly staying on their sides of the line. But since the year 2020, China's warplanes have been flying across the line with growing frequency. The DPP will celebrate its 37th anniversary this Sunday with a big street party at Taipei's Beiping East Road. There will be live music, games for children, and a creative market, as well as appearances by President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ching-te. Ahead of the event, Lai's campaign team gave us a sneak peek of what's in store at the outdoor concert. Standing in formation, they dance to a rousing song released by Lighting Ting campaign. This DPP spokesperson Lin Chu-in and new Taipei councillor Jiang Zhihao, who are learning the moves as they go. They join dancers from the party's youth division, putting on a lively show. On September 24th, the DPP will celebrate its 37th anniversary with live music. Lai has released a sneak preview, a campaign song inspired by baseball. We wanted to use a more energetic way to present our cause. We hope that everyone in Taiwan can come together without division and regardless of our ethnic backgrounds. We can all work together to make our home better. The anniversary event kicks off at 3 p.m. on Beiping East Road in Taipei. It will feature the musicians who produced Lai's campaign album, as well as artists from the Our Island, Our Song initiative. There will also be a market with local creatives and stands from other cities and counties. For the little ones, there will be street games to play. President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President Lai Ching-te will attend the event and canvass for votes. The key message is that Taiwan deserves all of our efforts and support. On September 27th, we will bring party elders back to the Grand Hotel so that they can remind the general public about the party's founding spirit. It will also be an opportunity to share this important moment with friends of the DPP and people who care about the party. Senior party members will return to where the DPP was founded in an event that revisits the spirit of democracy and celebrates 37 years of fighting for human rights. President Tsai Ing-wen met local Muslims on Tuesday, commending them for completing the annual Hajj pilgrimage in Saudi Arabia. During a reception at the presidential office, Tsai said that pilgrims were an important bridge between Taiwan and the Islamic world. She also expressed hope that more Muslims from around the world will visit Taiwan. I also want to thank everyone for helping Taiwan deepen its friendship with Islamic countries. There are currently about 250,000 Muslims in Taiwan. Over the years, the government has continued to work with the private sector to create more Muslim-friendly spaces. I'd like to report to you all that Taiwan has made the top three of the Global Muslim Travel Index since 2019. This year, we rank third. This is a global recognition of Taiwan's social safety, religious freedom, and successful integration of Muslim travel resources. We hope to welcome more Muslim friends to visit Taiwan to experience Taiwan's friendliness and convenience. The group was led by Salahuddin Ma, vice president of the Chinese Muslim Association. Tsai urged the pilgrims to expand exchanges with Islamic nations to continue enriching Taiwan's diverse religious landscape. Today, let's take a look at a side job that's growing in popularity, making egg yolk pastries. A car dealer in Zhanghua Fuxing Township has a side business of making the delicious pastries each fall. 
the whole company takes to the kitchen to join the pastry production line. They donate many of the pastries or proceeds to charity while still making a profit. Meanwhile, a pizza chef in Zhanghua also has an egg yolk sideline. He's adapted the recipe used by his grandpa in the kitchen of Jiang Kai-shek. The traditional treat is a side job for many professionals looking to fill their spare time constructively. Piping hot egg yolk pastries come out of the oven. Slice one open for a whiff of its delicious filling. The salted egg yolk is a red clay duck egg. It smells wonderful, and I guarantee it tastes delicious. Chen Yongchong sits down with his team every fall to make these egg yolk pastries for Mid-Autumn Festival. Chen's a deft hand at wrapping the pastries, but he's not a chef by trade. His business is actually a second-hand car dealership. Showing customers around the showroom is his real job, but business was very slow during the pandemic, so he learned how to make the egg yolk pastries as a sideline. The first year of pastry making, they donated all their pastries to charity to benefit disadvantaged groups. Gradually, they made a name for themselves, and the project got bigger and bigger. God has opened a window for me because my real job has been really bad the last few years. But everyone likes my egg yolk pastries. They're healthy, we can earn money, and we can give to charity. Chen loves to sell pastries in aid of charity. Meanwhile, a pizza chef in Zhanghua has a similar egg yolk pastry project. Mr. Lin's grandfather was a pastry chef for none other than Chiang Kai-shek. He felt nostalgic for his grandpa's baking and didn't want to let the skills die out, so he developed this new, healthy version of the traditional recipe. It's a hit. When I came back here and opened my pizza truck, I thought I'd try making grandma and grandpa's pastries, so everyone could see what kind of pastries they had in Chiang Kai-shek's time. And then I kept on tweaking and improving them until I ended up with the pastries we make now, which capture the same flavor of my grandpa's time. Mr. Lin's pizza and egg yolk pastries are a favorite for Zhanghua locals, and he's happy to pass down the traditional family skills alongside his main work. And now, some good news for your wallet. Taiwan's Electricity Price Review Committee has convened and it has decided to maintain a price freeze for most consumers. The reasons cited were a downward trend in international fuel prices and the capital infusion for Thai Power. The average rate will stay at 3.1154 NT per kilowatt hour from October to March 2024. But five types of businesses will see a 15% price hike starting October 1st. Department stores, large-scale restaurants, movie theaters, fitness centers, and catering. For these sectors, prices were frozen in July of 2022 to ease the impact of the pandemic. The hike will affect an estimated 880 businesses and add revenue of 1.6 billion NT. Earlier this month, FTV headed to Ukraine to join the Taiwanese medical mission. A year and a half into the war, air raids have become a part of everyday life. Our news team experienced three air raids within a ten, 10 days, once during a surprise visit by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. We bring you the view from the front lines of a war-torn nation.
An explosion rattles the street as a missile hits a market in eastern Ukraine on September 6. The blast occurred on the same day U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken made a surprise visit to Kyiv to announce more than one billion U.S. dollars in aid for Ukraine. The next day, a Taiwanese medical team in the western city of Rivna was interrupted at dinner by air raid sirens. Thanks to modern technology, Ukrainians are alerted via mobile app whenever there is an air raid. Anytime Russia launches a missile, a warning is issued to all users along the missile's path. That day, the entire country was on red alert, a rare occurrence. But after one and a half years of war, Ukrainians are now unfazed by the alerts. <laughs> The group continues as normal, eating burgers and drinking beer at a restaurant. Though the risk of a missile strike is lower in western Ukraine, the area has still been bombed in the past. This is the city of Liu in western Ukraine. These apartment blocks next to me were hit by a Russian missile attack back in July. The building was destroyed. Now, one and a half months later, rebuilding work has started. Nearby businesses like cafes have continued to operate even with wrecked walls. This cafe has simply cordoned off an area of the business, leaving the damaged metal pieces and missile fragments in place, almost as a sort of art installation. The store manager says that's just the way it is in Ukraine. We're afraid, but we still have to work, and we have to let other people work too. That's the only way we can get money and salaries paid. With no end to the war in sight, life must go on, and many Ukrainians have opted to retain a sense of normalcy in their lives. Though their country is routinely attacked, they remain resolved to carry on. Taipei's Metropolitan Hall is about to kick off a new season. Its three opening concerts are a first-of-its-kind collaboration between One Song Orchestra and Taipei Chinese Orchestra. The shows will blend East and West, merging Taiwanese folk melodies with string instruments. Audiences will go on a whirlwind journey through 150 years of Taiwan's musical history. The familiar melody of Jasmine Flower, reimagined for the modern stage. Following renovations, Taipei's Metropolitan Hall is about to reopen for shows. It's invited One Song Orchestra to collaborate with Taipei Chinese Orchestra for the first time to inaugurate the coming season. Actually, all of these musical instruments originated from West Asia a thousand years ago and then evolved across the globe, becoming completely disparate in appearance. But they share the same roots. That's why we coined the term musical destiny in hopes of finding a new starting point for the melding of Eastern and Western musical cultures. Strings blend with traditional Chinese instruments to yield surprising results. The concert masters of the two ensembles have collaborated to reinvent classic movie themes. The concert will also feature a duet featuring Erhu and violin, a fusion of East and West. One Song Orchestra performs the melodies of Taiwan in the style of Western classical music. At its upcoming concerts, it will showcase 150 years of Taiwan's musical history in one hour. In addition, four musical movements will present the unique features of Taiwan's four major ethnic groups, the Hoklo, Hakka, Han, and indigenous peoples. 
During this comprehensive concert, we will experience the distinct differences between Eastern and Western music. We can also discover utterly new possibilities in their collaboration. In one innovation, the unique pizzicato of traditional Chinese instruments will be incorporated into Western orchestral sounds. When East meets West on stage, sparks will be sure to fly. According to statistics from the Directorate General of Highways, nearly 390,000 people have had their driver's license suspended or revoked in the past five years. In the bid to curb dangerous driving, the Transport Ministry said that starting next March uh, of year, next year, those who have had their licenses suspended or revoked will only be eligible for short-term licenses in the future. Under the new policy, those who've had their licenses revoked would only be eligible for a two-year license after they've retested. Those with licenses suspended for a year or more would be eligible for a three-year license after passing the written test, while those with licenses suspended for less than a year would be able to obtain a six-year license. Drivers with short-term licenses would be eligible for a permanent license if they do not reoffend during the short-term licensing period. An 11-year-old skateboarder is about to become Taiwan's youngest ever Asian Games representative. Lin Fan will be, will be part of a team of more than 500 athletes heading to China for the event this year. Lin has been skating for just three years, but in that time has become one of Asia's best on the board. Although the pandemic closed down skate parks, her dad was determined not to let it disrupt his daughter's skating education. He spent 1 million NT to build a pro skate park for the skating prodigy. A skater spins in the air, balancing on just one hand. The clean and nimble moves could only be Taiwan's youngest ever Asian Games athlete, Lin Yifan. The 11-year-old won her chance to represent Taiwan with a fantastic showing at the World Skate Games in Argentina. I'm very excited. I'm more nervous about the Asian Games. I'm representing the country, not just myself. I need to place in the top three. Lin is hoping to clinch a medal in her first outing at the Asian Games. As part of her training to go head-to-head -head with Asia's best skaters, she's long practiced skating in different locations, training all over Taiwan and abroad. Sometimes the culture shock is tough. Overseas, people just go out on the park whenever they feel like it. If it's crowded, you have to fight for space. And if you can't get a space, you can't train. You have to find ways to adapt to the space faster, and some of the venues don't open in advance, like the Asian Games. You can't train at the Asian Games Park itself, but Lin has been practicing to adapt quickly to different environments, and along with her team, has visited Nanjing in China just to train. She first made her mark on the ramp at the age of eight, and just three years later, she's one of the best skaters in Asia. Skate parks were all closed during the pandemic, but her dad was determined not to let a lack of venues hold his daughter back. At first, it was when Taiwan entered the level three alert and all sports venues were shut down. We thought that her studying skating was like studying books. We all thought it was a shame if it got interrupted. Then, we thought we're not making an effort just for Yifan, but for Taiwanese skating. So dad, Lin Jianan, spent 1 million NT on a professional skate park for his daughter. His support allowed Lin to keep training continuously. Now the family all hope it will pay off in glory for Taiwan in Hangzhou.